podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and tonight we've been watching Hartley and Lothian 1, Celtic 2 it was a hard fought win in the end, but when we did I'm joined by Brian Degnan and Laura Bradburn, we will have a, a look back to the first half, of course we will, but let's have a wee chat about that second half, and I, I need to ask you the question, in terms of character, resilience um, the heads could have gone down but they didn't, we won the game Laura and that's all that matters yeah, listen, I'd, I'd have loved for us to go out in the second half and put in the exact same performance we did in the first half. That's the way we want to see Celtic play. But at the end of the day, you're, you're away from home at Tynecastle, one of the more nervy, one of the more um, difficult places to go in the Scottish top flight. So to come away from that with it having been as nitty-gritty a second half as it was. I, I can see Celtic teams of the past having crumbled in a situation like that previously. The mm-hmm. fact that we didn't tonight says a lot about Ange and it says a lot about the mentality of these players. So it might not have been the sparkling performance in the second half that we saw in the first half, but it certainly was no less satisfying for it. And just currently up at the Celtic fans, he's beating his chest, he's doing his thing. Uh, Brian, it would be, and there are some comments coming through and we'll bring it up here, it would be easier for us to say, you know what, we ran out of steam, it was a great first half and a poor second half. I, I don't think it was as simple as that. I mean, hearts have come out in the second half. And by the way, come out fighting, and we'll talk about that as well, uh, with regards to some of the tackles and some of the uh, over-the-top challenges on our players. But I, I, I would prefer to look at the fact that we held on. We won the game. I actually, um, there was a lot of bright spots in that second half as well. It's interesting because you could actually take the post-match for last week's game against Hibs, change Hibs to Hearts, and it's a very similar result. You're talking about um, an excellent first half, a bit of drop-off in the second half, then inspirational debut, and that's kind of what we've had tonight as well. The difference being, and I agree with you, Paul, is the fact that when we were up against it tonight, Although they scored an offside goal, they scored by the way. Um, but we we looked so resilient, so strong, so determined to a man that we were not going to lose this game. As you say, the real character and 
it's a, one of those amazing football cliches that we all love, but you can learn, you know, more about your team when you're under pressure than you can when you're winning. And I thought, um, I thought uh, G. Marcus, um, or Yaka Marcus, sorry, was, um, I thought he was really good second half. I thought he really stood up. I thought he held the ball in. I thought he brought players in. I thought he put himself about. Um, I thought Hatati, you know, again, started to, to fade a wee bit, which was generally good. And a guy that, uh, again, has been in cruise control this season, I think, is um, Cameron Carter-Vickers. Mm. I thought excellent at the back again tonight. And, um, and what I'm going to say sounds really stupid, but Carol Starfield's a much better player when he j- just has to defend. Seeing he's actually in, in the last six tackles and the pressure's on him, that's the best version of him, I think. I, I, my only ever worry about him is in possession, but I thought, again, he was solid tonight, but some really good tackles. And um, it's hard to have too many complaints about the game tonight because I absolutely swept to my side first half, faded about the second half, they came out um, all sort of um, full of venom and, and mm-hmm. they um, and we know that they, 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 they went for it and we never hesitated we never shied um, they took the knocks and we, we kept going and going and, and I think that's a, a, an example of a, a team who is destined to, to be very successful Well you've seen it at half time Robbie Nielsen is uh, remonstrating with the officials on the way up the tunnel he's obviously gone in there and given his team a jag they've come out and they've responded you've got to think about that as well you know the, the balance uh, of that but let's not forget Maeda Rogic are, are both missing their own international duty. McGregor, Idiguchi, Kyogo and Turnbull all injured. Um, so we can't forget that. So it's a depleted team. Uh, they came out in the first half, Laura, and it was a hugely impressive first half. We're sitting here at half time, very much like what Brian says, like half time against Hibs, how many is it going to be? We're going to score three or four here. But the last three games, Hibs, Alawa, Hearts, we've sat at half time, two nothing up. Second half hasn't quite gone to plan. And Joe Porter comes in and he thinks we're awesome uh, for 35 to 60 minutes in a match and then fall off drastically. Now, I think there's a there's a few reasons uh, for that. The, the first one that we've said is, listen, you're up against the opposition that come out and they're a different beast in the second half because Hearts were a different beast in the second half. Uh, but also, you know, we could say, oh, you've been playing this football for six months now, but not all the players have. You know, we've got five new players um, in this transfer window, four of whom are going to be classed as first-team players. So we're, we're supplementing the squad all the time. They then have to come up to speed. O'Reilly goes off, could have been muscular, you know, by the way, or cra- looked like cramp uh, by the time he went off. So it's going to be hard for them to adapt. And perhaps it will take another month or two before everybody is up to speed with Angie's philosophy and An- Angie's intensity. Laura, do you think that comes into play? Yeah, I mean, I think I've, there's a couple of pretty uh, rough results coming to mind at the start of the season when when we believed in what Ange was trying to do, but it wasn't coming to full fruition. And a major part of that was the lack of fit- fitness amongst the squad. You can see that now um, it, it is there for the players who have been uh, with Ange and been trained by Ange for the full season so far but like you say we've had a, a, an influx of new players during the, the, the pre-seat or during the January transfer window I should say and that in itself has caused us to maybe go back a, a couple of months in terms of where the team is at in terms of fitness so the good thing about it is I don't think we're totally back as far as that's concerned because at least he's bringing in players who he knows understand what he's trying to do. He's not starting from scratch in terms of trying to teach them the way that he likes to play football. He just needs to get them up to match fitness. So 
if we see the next sixty or the next uh, five or six weeks, sorry that that we play like that for the first sixty minutes and then just have to do whatever it takes to go over the line for the last half an hour, I'll take that until we're up and running fully. Um, but you know, based on that performance tonight, I'm just really excited to see where we can get going once we're up to full steam. Yeah, definitely. As well as the the injuries, the injured parties, those players who are missing, um, and those coming in who have to get up to speed. We've got guys coming back from injury, lengthy layoffs. You know, James E. Forrest, Yakamakis, of course, and Yota just coming back from injury. Brian, so we, we it seems to be that we just can't get the eleven players all at the same level, all at the same time, and I think that probably plays a part in us dipping out uh, the game a wee bit, maybe a last half hour, sometimes the second half. Do you think that's fair comment? Yeah, I, I say that's probably pretty accurate. But again, the, the, the good thing about that is that despite that, we're seeing out results. Despite that, there's still a new, a new hunger and fight there. And I mentioned that, uh, I think, at the, the start, uh, the pre-match, there's a narrative around us just that we're, we're lightweight or no physical enough. And I, I think that's nonsense. I totally disagree with that. And I think you saw it tonight because hearts were brutal. So many tackles, again, were, were, were a shambles. They were getting away with murder at times, I thought. Um, as I was, to be fair, but no no much better. Um, but we stood up to it. The, the players took it. They, you know, O'Reilly never shot at a tackle. Hatati would put himself about. Obviously, um, CCV beat on big physical lads. Starfield loves a tackle. And um, Gigi up front was putting it out as much as he was getting it so I thought we competed physically very well I thought we played amazing football second half eh, first half second half yeah we faded off a bit one of the things that I was thinking about and I almost got in an argument with myself during the second half <laughs> that's impressive that's impressive right um, I Devlin like, just got in an argument with myself but I think that I was saying and you've got to make a sub you've got to make a change now and freshen it up mm-hmm. but then it's if he'd have thrown McCarthy and Sorrow earlier, what that would have done was that we'd have invariably sat back and started yeah. to soak up pressure. Mm-hmm. Whereas at least with O'Reilly and Hatati on, when we did get a chance to counter, and we did counter a few times, we should have scored actually for us, should have uh, laid it off earlier at one point. Um, we were more likely to make them think twice. If we'd have put in McCarthy at that stage and certainly Sorrow, um, I think the cost is so. I was kind of disputing So first I was shouting why we don't make a sub and I thought actually it's probably right to not make a sub at this stage. Um, especially when we saw him decide to go rogue and no bother running into the corner. Just go for a cross when there's a couple minutes left of the game. That was <laughs> an interesting choice. Um, it was. It was, yeah. A bit left field, Brian. No, but you're right. There are some comments coming in saying, you know what, McCarthy and Sorrell probably should have came in earlier just to, to shut the game down. But you are inviting that wave of pressure to uh, continue and the guys are playing alongside have already had it maybe for 20 minutes so you know I, I get I get exactly the two sides of the argument that you were having with yourself there Brian um, <laughs> that may have been alright if have a Kyogo or Maeda up front whereas if they win the ball they can just ping it they didn't have that tonight so again you have to have players that can get it through to, to Gigi mm-hmm. or overlapping ones so I think that's the other reason why probably 
I'm just saying here that uh, Matt O'Reilly's been named the man of the match. So last week we give a, a debut to Hibs uh, against Hibs rather to Rio Atati gets man of the match. This this week it's uh, another one of the new signings, and that for me is actually pivotal because we can't afford a body in the squad at the moment who's not going to hit the, the ground running. I'm not expecting everybody that comes in to give us a man of the match performance in, on their debut, uh, but to get another two bodies in the door, and, and obviously Maeda really really impressed us as well when he came in. Um, I just think it bodes well for the, the coming season. Um, now, looking at some of the comments coming in, and please do make your comments. We're 1,500 strong in a live stream here. We're going out on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitch and Twitter. I think LinkedIn and Twitch are the kind of like left field uh, choice uh, of the discerning viewer, Brian. Not many people tune in on those platforms, but if you do, get involved. I like to see the logos popping up. Most of you are looking uh, at the stream on Facebook, Twitter and on YouTube. And if you are on YouTube, get yourself subscribing to the channel because the last time I checked, we were one away from 16.8 thousand on the subscribers. So by the end of the show, I hope I can update that to 16.8. There we go, 16.8. Whoever just subscribed, thank you very much. It is something that we've got an eye on. Um, It's been a good night all round. We will come to... uh, We'll go back rather to the two goals, just in case anyone who's watching didn't watch the halftime analysis show. And we really need to uh, celebrate those two finishes. But let's talk about uh, some of the things that happened in the second half. And Brian, you've already touched on it. It's been a subject, uh, a hot topic actually all week. And this is the hammer throwing. Now, people say, oh, come on, stop moaning. Right. Now, 56 minutes, Hatati. Um, is filled by Mackay, it's high, it's on the ankle. Um, 60 minutes, Yakamakis filled by Halkett. And then on 66, Abada um, filled high and late by Boyce. And then finally, the one that annoyed me the most, the fourth offence was uh, Haring, who was over the top on Taylor. But then he did the old Naismith thing, didn't he? Uh, when Naismith uh, went up to Johnny Hayes on the ground. And it's a horrible thing to see by a professional because you, you can't see what they're saying, but they're obviously uh, getting it right up to the opponent. And you think to yourself, that's out of order. But you know what? He didn't get booked for that. What was your thoughts on this issue, Laura, that we've been talking about now for several weeks on the podcast and it's still continuing? Thankfully, there were no injuries as a result of these tackles that I've highlighted there. I think the problem is that none of the Hearts players did whatever Jota did to get booked, and that must have been what the problem was. Uh, but no, really, I mean, I, I've i said for years as a Celtic supporter, I've said for years on this podcast that up until this point, I, I'm not interested in getting involved in conspiracy theories or anything like it. And And... You know, you can say what you like about whether you think it's deliberate. Certainly in the case of the referee that was on the pitch tonight, there's there's more of a case there than there is with many others. But um, sometimes you just think, I can't keep trying to convince myself that the referees are just poor when it's as obvious and in your face as it was tonight. The tackles that were going in from some of those Hearts players were yellows and in the case of Haring he could have been sent off twice tonight for some of the stuff that he had done and there was not a, a chance that any of that was going to happen they get a penalty awarded to them they get you know all these free kicks against us they get as few bookings as the referee can muster they get six minutes of injury time Genuinely, I never usually say this, but they were given every possible opportunity to make sure that that was a two-each draw tonight. 
and they were just not good enough to even get it with with the amount of opportunities they were given. I never ever sit here and say this, but tonight it was like playing against twelve men. Well, you know, you don't, Laura. You don't, and you, you know, like uh, the contributors and Axon, you strive for that kind of balance. But it's all—I feel almost like a broken record. Sometimes we've won the game, Brian, and I'm saying to myself, "Why am I complaining?" But you need to call these things out. We've got a guy sitting there um, missing this game. His face is swollen out to here, and it's all bruised. And Callum McGregor, um, but that for me, it was the worst outcome of the Alawa game. It wasn't the worst challenge in the Alawa game, incidentally. I, th- I just think that Eddie Gucci was very lucky, even though he's, he's injured. And then we see the same again tonight. Some of the challenges were from behind. But as I say, the, the worst of it um, is Haring or Herring um, and what he did in the tackle and in, in the aftermath of the tackle. How could that possibly not be a booking offence when you look at Jota getting booked in the first half, Brian? I know. It's, it's just it's so much inconsistency as well, isn't it? And I know it was uh, uh, Brother Beaton that was, that was on the game tonight. But um, and maybe we should expect that. But I just think that Look, I, there's, there's unconscious bias, right? Everyone has unconscious bias, right? And if you, you live in Glasgow and you're a football fan, you're going to favour one side over the other un- unconsciously. I don't generally don't think the referees intentionally try to cost Celtic points or cost Rangers points or whatever. I don't. I generally don't. I just I think it's too much a conspiracy theory. However, there is an unconscious bias and it will play into decisions because you're human. The other aspect is they're just really poor. And when you're looking at incidents during that game that are so wildly and consistently refereed, you have to question it. Now, I made obviously a joke about Brother Beto on there, but I generally don't think they're, they're, they're you know, um, like corrupt. I don't. But what they do is they open themselves up for that criticism by making such poor, inconsistent decisions during games. It's baffling. And just the, the last thing, just the, the last thing I want to say about refs in general, Don Robertson. It's the worst culprit for me. He was the one that let the tackle. Remember when Turnbull got absolutely scythed against Dundee United? Yeah, butcher. And against Alwa, when Callum went down. Yeah. Regardless of what you think of the tackle on Callum, it's the fact it was a head knock and he went down and he never got the game stopped right away. That's dangerously, dangerously negligent from a human level and a professional level. So there's a, a lot of work being done. So, um, Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Brilliant, we won, which we did, and it was a great result. But you're right to call it out because I think it's important that, you know, we need to discuss it because it's a massive point in the game and, you know, it is affecting our players. Yeah, again, we mentioned this other day, Brian. You look at, you're trying to bring the best possible talent to the football club. And we've got some talented players at the club just now. And one of them is Jota. But he gets some amount of physical abuse. Now, you know, he may expect it to a degree, but some of the, some of the tackles he's received are ridiculous. He's a ball player. And I asked the question the other, day, the other night there, would it put players off? I don't know. Would it put players off? Frimpong uh, was getting stretched off and, you know, it all comes down to money at the end of the day. I know that with regards to players and moves. But um, you don't want 
the Scottish game, Laura, to gather a reputation, not just amongst its fans, but prospective players coming into this country and into these shores. And uh, because you want to see the best talent possible at Celtic Park. And it is getting to that point with the amount of injuries that we've got. And I don't want it to be a stop-start season. A, a massive credit has to be given to the squad of players, and particularly to Hans Postecoglou. When you look at the amount of injuries that he's had to put up with, every time it looks as though we're getting a wee run, a couple of other players are on the uh, injury table. And very rarely does Ange come out um, and call out any other factors, Laura, but he has mentioned that we do need protection. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think we do need protection. I have to say, um, I saw somebody comment it just there, and I, I, and I do agree. As, as, much as, as much as I thought the refereeing performance wasn't up to scratch tonight and I felt like there was plenty of times that Hearts should have been booked... It was far from the worst refereeing performance I've seen uh, so far, um, but I still think he could have maybe handed out a few more bookings to Hearts in order to to calm down the tackling. The other thing I would say about the injuries, though, is it's a point we've all raised on the show often enough, is we do need to look at ourselves as far as that's concerned because quite a lot of them have been muscular injuries as well, and whether there's something, um, you know, something going on behind the scenes as far as the training or the or the physio or the general way in which the players are being looked after and handled is also something that we need to look at. So there's a combination of things. You just hope that we've seen the last of our, our bad injuries for the season. You know, Conor, Conor, I keep calling him Conor McGregor. He looks like Conor McGregor after what happened against Aloha. But Callum McGregor aside, you know, some of these other injuries were, were accidental and just bad luck. But we just need to... Just need to keep battling through. Um, at the end of the day, football is a squad game. We need every member of the squad to, to to play their part, especially if we've got any serious aspirations of winning the title this season. It takes more than just 11 players on a pitch. And, and Ange is proving that um, despite the the hardships that he's facing this season, despite the runs of bad luck in terms of injuries and certain other things, he, he is making the best of a bad situation. And you, you can only wonder you know, how dominant we might have been if we'd had the full strength of uh, squad and players at full fitness for the majority of the season. And it will come. And that's something to look forward to as well, Laura. That day will come where everybody's firing and all cylinders, everybody's uh, fit. Uh, Bernadette, it's not good for your heart this season. No, you're right. We're all feeling that without an app, without a doubt. And there's a few people commenting, what a relief. My God, you've gone to Tynecastle. It's like going up to Patoji and winning 2 1. You've gone to Tynecastle. You've got the points. You get out there. Um, and I know, you know, you're looking at the other scores at the end of the game. We spoke about it before we came on. A narrow win. Uh, for Rangers at the top of the league as well on another night that might be a draw and that's what we need to keep in our minds it doesn't matter if it comes out 2-1 Brian uh, they've missed a penalty the yeah there's a wee bit of fortune there um, but at the same time was was their goal offside I would say yes it was so the, these things you've got to look at them and say well I think over the piece and we'll talk about the first half Celtic deserved the victory um, tonight without a, a shadow of a doubt there's not much negativity coming through uh, from the contributors here tonight. There's not much negativity coming through in the comments, but do keep the comments coming in. Uh, we have smashed through the 16.8 thousand barrier in terms of the subscription um, on YouTube. Now, with regards to the penalty, I was looking at that as well, and I thought to myself, you know, that was just when Hearts were coming back into the game, Brian. Um, and it's maybe going back to the point you made about thinking to yourself, should we make us up here? When they hit the, the post and um, we're still 2-1 up, I just felt right, 
That's your get out of jail card. That's your, your wake up call. Um, yet we didn't make any changes at that point, and the performance didn't really change at that point. Is that a concern for you? Yes and no. Um, I mentioned to you just for more fair that I was sort of arguing myself about substitutions, and my only concern would have been if we'd have made sub at that point, if we'd have brought on McCarthy and Sorrell, I think we'd have sat too deep, and then. You know, that had invited even more pressure when Hearts were already galvanised. I think it was the right call to keep our sort of ball players and, and key passers and O'Reilly and Hitati on the park. Um, but you're right, it's these key decisions. That's why Ange gets paid the big bucks and I'm sitting on my couch watching it in the telly because, you know, it's these decisions that, that when you lose your games, because you can guarantee if we'd have lost a, a goal, we'd have been saying it should have made ourselves quicker. So it's fine margins and that's what it's all about. Um, and it, again, it, it, it's funny you say about the penalty because I thought, was it Beaton's handball or was it O'Reilly's? What did he actually give it for? Because Beaton, I don't think, was a handball, but O'Reilly's, I think, was. I'm not sure what he gave it for. Um, so it, it's, yeah, I was a wee bit confused, uh, but well, it probably was a penalty. But I think justice was done. I think better team won comfortably. Uh, the comfortably the better team won, I mean. Um, and again, it's a hard place to go, third in the league. Um, we've come with three points, knee injuries, and the thing about it is, you you had on it, Paul. We're only going to get better. Mm-hmm. This was Riley's first game, game, game. Um, still post injuries to come back. Um, things are only going to get better. And um, again, I, I said it earlier on. It's something really special, Brun. Uh, underhand. Definitely, Laura. I'll ask you first. Uh, what was the penalty given against? Was it Beaton or was it O'Reilly's handball? I have to say. <laughs> Not for the first time in my life, it was Andy Walker that confused me because I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was the handball from O'Reilly that it was given for, and then mm-hmm. I think Andy Walker was talking about a high boot from Beaton or something like that, which I wasn't sure I agreed with. It definitely, whatever it was given for, it definitely hit off of uh, off of O'Reilly's hand. So um, that was my understanding of it. I just thought you were going to blame Andy Walker. Uh, I thought you were just going to stop there and say, I blame Andy Walker. Not for I, your I confusing. Thought, well, after your admission tonight that he was one of your favourite players, I thought when your camera went, I thought, oh, Paul's had it, he's chucked it after I slagged off Andy Walker there. Have I not told you my Andy Walker story for the centenary year, right? So we used to write to players, and by the way, I've got folders and folders, of, you know, signed photos and all that kind of stuff. So we used to write to players, my brother and I. And I was like, this young guy coming from Motherwell scoring all the goals, Andy Walker. He scored 32 that season, by the way, right? So I write a letter to him, yeah, you're my favourite player. I think you're brilliant. Can you give me Paul McStay's autograph? Right? So that that's that was my letter that I wrote to him. And he sends me this beautiful signed picture of Andy Walker. And it's in one of the communion frames, you know, the brown ones. And he's written it with gold pen and everything. I've still got it. I should actually, in fact, I, I tweeted it a wee while back. And then the first time I interviewed him for the Neely Mocking film, um, I told him that story because he'd done the, these football years, 87, 88, the centenary team, and he told that story. And me and my brother and my dad are watching this thinking, God almighty, who on earth would write to a player and say, can I get Paul McStay's autograph? Well, that was me. Uh, so, yes, I was I was quite fond of Andy, uh, but I thought it was a wee bit harsh you were going to blame him uh, for the penalty of the night. Uh, but, yeah, it might have been a, a wake-up call, but the point I, that came in into my mind when Brian was, was talking about the subs and bringing guys back and strengthening the squad. Earlier in the season, Brian, you know, Ange's looking at that, and, and a few times, particularly in Europe, he's looking at that bench and there were no options. So you're crying out for a change up front, but we don't have one. And there's a lot of young, inexperienced players on the bench. I think it's improved, but 
he's looking at the bench now and he doesn't have the offensive options that he would like. So in a game like tonight, ideally you're looking at Yakamakis and you're thinking, right, probably take him off now. Your options, Maeda, your options, Kyogo, these guys are, are going to be options. In fact, they'll start and you'll be... So I think the, the quality uh, of player that we have on the bench to call upon is going to give us that extra boost in the half hour, the last half hour, that we're seeing the performance and the energy levels dipping at the moment. So instead of bringing on two defensive players, which is now a luxury that we had that we didn't have at the beginning of the season, and Soro and McCarthy, we might bring on a couple of offensive players and it sparks us back into life for the last half hour, potentially. But I am looking forward to um, having a full complement of players. Now, the Hearts goal, I mean, there was a slight debate in the first half about Celtic's goal. Robbie Nielsen was falling out with everybody on the way up the tunnel. What about the Hearts goal, Brian? Offside for you? Offside, yeah. yeah. I think it was tighter than it actually looked, to be fair, but I think it was offside. Um, just 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 to, back, just to your point there about the, the subs, just like a couple of weeks we were bringing, say Matt O'Reilly keeps his form up, he's a bit tired to bring on Rogic. I know. Not a bad option coming off the bench. Yeah. So, so there's a lot to, to, to look forward to. Um, but yeah, I thought it goes offside. 2-1 um, I think probably, if, is that a fair reflection in the game? I think you could probably say they were, well, I don't know if they were better second half, they certainly, I think they matched the second half. I think we won the first half, second half with a draw, so so I'm every two one is better. Brian, you look like you're still arguing with yourself right now. <laughs> yeah, I do this all the time. Sometimes when I'm, I'm watching the game, I was doing that for viewers that I was making a joke for the guys. I was arguing with myself during the game because every time I caught with a suggestion I should do, I then had to counter to it. Um, <laughs> but, do you ver- but do you verbalise this, Brian, or do you just do it in your head? Do you actually say well, it? I can't help myself. We, um, for, Laura had the, the displeasure of watching the London United uh, match. Watch along with me. <laughs> and uh, at the time she turned around, I was jumping about the couch and <laughs> so I, I I'm a bit of a nightmare. If I'm honest. Um, I was going to say I think I think Brian should do a solo match coverage one time just for because he could probably hold a conversation himself the way he goes on. It's brilliant. We'll get the two camera angles, the two camera angles. We'll get the tangent cam, absolutely. I want, bring, I want to bring this up because you mentioned Cameron Carter-Vickers and, and also Starfelt, obviously, but um, Sean F. reckons he was excellent tonight. There were a couple of moments where Carter-Vickers mopped it up, but that that is what a defensive partnership is all about. I agree with Brian, uh, Laura, when it comes to Starfelt. I think that he is a natural defender, but he's not as natural with the ball at his feet. He still has an issue with the ball on his left foot. Um, he swings, it seems, laboured. We've said that all season. But in terms of your your back four with heart behind you, the, the back four that started tonight is our strongest back four. Because uh, Julian spent two games on the bench now, would you be expecting into the next couple of games for to see any... Um, any sign is Julian? Because to be honest with you, I think the next couple of games are, are going to be as tense as tonight. The, the, the only thing that would make me wonder about seeing Julian soon is one of the games being against Rangers, obviously, and the other fact of the matter being I'm a little bit kind of like, if it's not broke, don't fix it, you know, don't rock the boat. And, and Starfelt's one of those ones that, you know, took time to settle down had an unfortunate injury himself at some part of the season just when he looked he was getting settled 
and looks like in the last couple of weeks especially or since Christmas he's really settled into his role again which is good to see I think it would be harsh on him to be honest if he if he did lose out um, over the next couple of matches as much as I'm desperate to see Julian back I think Starfield's done enough to say no you've got to come and earn this shirt off me because he's certainly Julian's certainly not going to get it off Carter Vickers that's for sure I'm going to bring this in as well. David Kelly joins us on the broadcast on a regular basis, David, and thanks for coming in. Have we done our apology? Well, I'm writing it as we speak, David, and I'll tweet it out uh, to Yakamakis. Of course we haven't. He was murdered against Alawan. You can say that. He had a bad game, and he wasn't murdered tonight. He had a good game tonight. It's not like I was comparing him to the likes of Tony Cascarino or somebody like that. Um, Andy Walker, eh? (laughs) <laughs> Walker was a goal scorer in his first in his first spell. Anyway, uh, no, David, absolutely, yeah, gave him a hard time after the Alloway game. Absolutely, did have concerns that he was our only striker, uh, but I think tonight, you know, he, he celebrated with the old hands up at the ears, so that he's been getting a bit of jip, and he's proving people wrong. Brilliant finish, absolutely brilliant. And I think when he's holding the ball up like that and he's getting in about these big rough and tumble centre halves, fair play to you. He's a different option. He's going to be a backup. He's never going to get a game in front of Kugo and Naida when they're fit. But he's shown enough tonight to say that, you know, he's going to cause he's going to cause problems. But we said at the beginning of the game, we've no other option and neither does he. He needs to step up to the plate. He did that the night. I hope he can do it against Rangers as well in a couple of well, next week, next Wednesday. Um, but the thing is, we criticise Celtic players not because we want to get on their back, just because, you know, you want the best for Celtic. And sometimes players don't play that well. And you are reacting right on the full-time whistle. And you're just saying it as you see it. Um, did he prove us wrong tonight? Absolutely. And I hope he continues to prove us wrong. Um, Yakamakis, because you want to see every signing doing well. We don't want another striker in here that's cost us two to three and a half million quid that it doesn't work out for. Because we've seen enough of them, Brian. You know, all over the, the last 10, 15 years, the amount of money we've spent on strikers and they're out the door. And it looks as though Ayeti's the next one in, in line to move out and we're going to lose money on him. But Yakamakis is part of the squad and at this moment he's a massively important part of the squad as well. So thanks for tuning in again and for your support, David. And I'm sure Yakimakis knows that the Celtic fans are behind him. Um, now, Brian, you're looking chuffed with yourself. We've won the game tonight. We're looking ahead to the next game. Hopefully there's no injuries uh, you know, being sustained this evening. But before we go, we can't we can't leave without talking about Hatati's goal again, just in case anybody who's listening in just now didn't get the half-time, uh, the half-time show. I thought Hatati in the first half particularly was outstanding. I think we've got a real talent on our hands. And I'm going to say it again, that goal was Naka-esque. It was incredible goal. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, and yeah, as I, as I said at the start, I think there's so many aspects of his game I, I like. Like, I love that um, he, when he does the, the cross-field pass and skips the first man. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like, it, it's funny because he, he must look, spot it, and quickly take because it, it doesn't seem to look up. Um, it's it's wonderful skill. Um, and I love the way, he, and he's actually a bit like the Cal McGregor uh, does it as well, but it's the way he takes the ball in tight areas and just brings it out. Mm-hmm. You know, he never looks flustered or anything like that, or, or so far anyway. Um, yeah, I think, you know, and I think, what did we get him for? Was it two million? When you look, the transfer fees for the the three Japanese signings are something in the region of five million euros, and then you look at Matt O'Reilly, man of the match tonight, one and a half million quid. Now we brought in, it's incredible. We brought in thirteen to fourteen and a half each for Ayer and Edward, 
and that that kind of spend. I mean, as I said before, we've spent a lot of money on on dud signings over the years, but that kind of spend, I think, it's so shrewd, Laura. Um, and again, the markets will never stay like that. You know, you can no longer get a Van Dyke from Dutch football for two and a half million quid because once you've got a couple of nuggets, everybody's all over the market. And I guess that's going to be happening with the markets that we've already tapped into. But for those four players, an outlay, let's say, six and a half to seven million pounds, that's astonishing. That's in a great bit of business. Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking when you said about the, the, the six million or whatever it is, five million, six million, you know, Martin O'Neill had to shell that out for Neil Lennon, John Hartson and Chris Sutton each, and that was 20 years ago, you know? So you'd be expecting to pay at least that individually for the players of the quality that we've pulled in. So for Ange to be able to go out there, spend as shrewdly as he has done for the quality of players that he's brought in, and to shift off two players in Ayer and Edward, who, yes, are worth the money that they were sold for, but certainly weren't going to provide that for Celtic any longer based on their performances. It's just, I think, personally, the way we need to operate going forward. There's plenty of clubs who... Ajax is always the one I get slagged off for comparing us to, but I, I think that's where we should be looking to be. Bring players through the youth academy or from smaller nations, develop them, get them a, an opportunity on the big stage, make a big profit on them and just keep doing that over and over and we will continue to succeed as far as that's concerned. The, it does seem to be the way that we've been operating in, in the past decade or so when you look at the quality of some of the players that we've had and, and been able to sell them on. Van Dyke, Edward, I are being among them, you know, and, and I think sometimes we just need to accept that, okay, we might not be the final destination for some players, but if we're if we're a destination that becomes well known as being part of a, a pathway to the top, then I'm happy to be part of that pathway. Then then it gives you the, the dilemma, I guess, that when everybody is fit, Brian, who is your midfield? Because, you know, we've got two performers last week and this week who have come into the side. And we already had a midfield trio that we were pretty happy with in terms of McGregor and Turnbull and Rodgick. So you've got loads of options. And then you ask yourself, who is the best set of players to play? Or is it a game-by-game basis with the constant, the ever-constant Callum McGregor? Still getting loads of stick for McGregor. It's just enjoy the fact that he scored a great wee back heel. Come on now. Um, I don't think he's expecting an apology from Axon for saying he was poor against Aloha Athletic. He scored a good goal that night as well, incidentally. Uh, and hopefully he goes on to score many more wearing the green and white hoops of Celtic. Listen, uh, I love being reminded of everything that I get wrong. That's great because that, that tends to mean that Celtic are doing well and that's all that matters. Thanks everybody for getting involved. Uh, 1,500 live, which is tremendous. We've smashed through 16.8,000. And those subscribers should also hit the notification button so you don't miss the Alan Thompson interview this weekend. Alan is in great form. He's doing well. It was an absolute pleasure to speak to him. Um, he's just released a book and we talk all about his football career, not just his Celtic career. Um, and he was on great forum. So thanks to everybody for getting involved on the social media channels and on YouTube. Thank you to Brian Degden and once again, Laura Bradburn for joining me on a Celtic State of Night.
Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.